everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Electric Leftovers. We have... Uh... 120% more Steve in this episode. Hello, Steve. Are you our special guest? Today, according to Steve, um, who is in the window, Steve does not belong in Windows, so I suppose it is better than Linux and Macintosh. Uh, we have new Treasure Hunter G. We have new Baton Kaitos, Eternal Wings in the Lost Ocean. We have new Killer Seven, and brand new Let's Play starting up this week is Dust, an Elysian Tale, a game bought by. Jade Farrow is part of a humble bundle and gifted to me, and it's amazing. I love this game very, very much. I played through it once and just could not not let's play it. And I wanted to wait till it was completely and totally done before I started posting it. I just finished it a couple weeks ago. All the videos are ready to go, so you can expect at least one new episode a week. It's not terribly long, um, but it is a very, very good game. Uh, just everything about it. Really, even like the worst parts of it are still pretty darn good. Uh, we have a new Low Bice Monthly that I get to pick. I will unleash that upon you folks next week. Um, I've also added a few new things to the um, couple series things over at the uh, website. We've got some new stuff and that's just awesome. New episodes of It's Super Effective and new episodes, or at least screens, pages, I guess, of Irma. So those are in the forums. Go check them out.
says we should go check the archives, and the archives say if you haven't already heard, ladies and gentlemen, of Adventure Island 3, uh, you really need to. Uh, Master Higgins' is this, 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 this is girlfriend Tina is kidnapped once again, and this time by a mysterious flying saucer. With the help of his prehistoric pals, Higgins must once again travel through eight different islands and go after the aliens keeping Tina hostage. Slightly different gameplay-wise. You know, it's, it's getting a little more involved. It's it's much less run-jump-shoot now. It's kind of a little adventure-y. Still very stage-based. Um, graphics have improved. Music has improved. Control has improved. Storyline still, you know, rescue the girl. But hey, it works for Mario and Zelda, right? Link them, them Zelda games, the Mario games. Uh, it is good, and it's it's a step getting the series more and more into the action RPG genre. Uh, we actually have a couple other games I need to get around to playing in the series: Adventure Island Four and Super Adventure Island. But those are other other games for another day. Steve says a lot of weird things happen in this world, and we're going to talk about some of them right now. Our lead story this week on News of the Weird is outsourcing. Among the protesters at New York City's Gay Pride Parade on the Sunday after the Supreme Court's historic gay marriage decision was a group of men outfitted in Jewish prayer garments and representing the Jewish Political Action Committee, carrying signs reading, for example, Judaism prohibits homosexuality. However, the men were very likely not Jewish, but in fact, Mexican laborers hired for the day. A representative of the committee told the New York Times that the men were supplemental, necessary because the committee's rabbis would not permit their students, who normally staff such protests, to be exposed to the sights of same-sex exuberance, typical for the parade. Government in action, ladies and gentlemen, Wood TV of Grand Rapids, Michigan, seemingly uncovered an antiquity, if not potentially vulnerability, in the Grand Rapids public school system in June when it reported that the heating and cooling systems at 19 schools are controlled using the Commodore Amiga computer, released in the 1980s about the same time as Windows 2.0, operating on an early internet modem. It had been installed by a computer-savvy student and, according to the maintenance supervisor, still works fine. Fortunately, the supervisor said the student still lives in the area and is available if problems arise. If ain't broke, don't fix it. Recurring themes, government officials who insist on such bells and whistles are redesigning their departments as redesigning their department's logo are often ridiculed for wasting taxpayer money. Yet design consultants continue to sell the illusion that a new logo can give a bureaucracy a refreshing rebirth. In May, 
Tennessee officials unveiled a new state logo, which cost only $46,000, not counting the expensive changing signs, cards, stationery, etc., which consists of the letters TN in white inside a red box with a blue trim underneath. Watchdog.org critics suggested a contest to design a superior one, but open only to kids age 12 and under, with the prize a $50 Amazon gift card. You know, a lot of people have a lot of explanations for a lot of things, and here is a compelling explanation or two. Adultery is illegal in Japan, except as a Tokyo District Court judge ruled in a psychological distress lawsuit followed by the jilted wife, when it is done by a company to retain a good customer. A nightclub hostess who had carried on with the married man proved that she did so only as Makura Aigyo, or pillow sales tactics, said the judge. As long as the intercourse is for business, it does not harm the marital relationship at all. The ruling from 2014 was first publicized this year in Japan Times. I would, like, watch a show or play a game called Japan Times. New World Order in 1993. That's how new it is. The owner of the iconic Five Points... It's got Z in it. Building in New York City began allowing graffiti artists to use the wall for their masterpieces, but by 2013 had grown weary of the building's look and had the walls whitewashed. In June 2015, nine of the artists filed a federal lawsuit demanding that the owner compensate them substantially for destroying their creations. And they stand a good chance of collecting under the Visual Artists' Right Act if they prove their particular works are of recognized stature and are not merely uh, art of an ephemeral nature. At its height, Five Points attracted more than 350 artists' work from around the world. Around the world. The animal kingdom, ladies and gentlemen, or the animal world. Let's let's not kid ourselves. It's not just a kingdom. It's not just France. It's not just the Ottoman Empire. It's the world. A June entry in Wired.com's Absurd Creature of the Week series warned of the beaded lacewing that preys on termites by first immobilizing them with a vapor phase toxicant released from its anus. The silent but deadly gas is reportedly power enough to disable six ordinary termites for up to three hours. Plenty of time for a sumptuous meal of termite, and weaken several more that might get caught in the backdraft. Wired.com also learned of the related species... Oh, boy. Chrysopolar Comanche, whose anal weaponry is in solid form, wielded by master contortionists who lift their abdomens in order to directly contact their victim's head. Suspicions confirmed. June 2015, research scientists from Britain's University of Exeter and Queen Mary University of London warned that owners of domestic, quote, domestic cats seem not on average to appreciate what vicious killers their pets are and urge, for instance, that they be kept indoors more often lest they decimate the neighborhood's bird and small mammal population. Estimates of the yearly death toll generated by house cats are, quote, in the magnitude of millions in the United Kingdom and, quote, billions in the United States. Cat's killer. I know it, Steve. Yep, look at you. The, quote, parasitic ways of the cuckoo bird were remarked upon, quote, as far back as Aristotle, 
wrote a Wall Street Journal book reviewer in May, but some biologists may not have believed the behavior because it was so cold-blooded. The bird, according to Nick Davies' book Cuckoo, Cheating by Nature, lays its eggs in other species' nests to trick those birds into incubating the cuckoos, who then hatch and kick the eggs of their host out of the nest. The mother cuckoo, it is said, times her mating schedule so that her eggs mature just before the victim's eggs would. Hence, according to David, or Davies, excuse me, she is nature's most notorious cheat. It's all about perspective, ladies and gentlemen, to cover various general expenses, such as helping the indigent. The average hospital market for patient care in the United States is about 3.4 times cost, according to a Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health report in June. But 50 of the nation's 5,000 hospitals charge more than 10 times the cost, with the North uh, Okaloosa Medical Center near Pensacola, Florida, billing at 12.6 times cost. According to the co-author, Professor Jared Anderson, the 50 are marking up the prices because no one is telling them they can't. 49 of the 50 are for-profit hospitals, and 20 are in Florida. Has there been a week where we've read news that hasn't contained the Florida? We're, we're getting up to almost a year of this podcast. People with issues, ladies and gentlemen, former British Navy sailor Alan Reynolds. He's a person with issues. He's 55. He's from Porthleven, England. He was convicted in April of a burglary in which he stole items from the home of a colleague to pursue his fetish for waterproof clothing to enrich his fantasy. He told the judge of imagining himself a prisoner of war. Photos and videos taken from his home show him in bright yellow waterproof trousers and a green waterproof poncho, removing layers of clothing from underneath and, quote, smelling them. A classic least competent criminals we've got oh, two or so. Uh, number one, confused. Christopher Fure, 33, pleaded guilty in Pittsburgh in April to six bank robberies. The first four in which surveillance videos revealed him to have a reddish beard, and the last two in which the video revealed him to be wearing a fake red beard covering his reddish beard. Fure did not explain. And number two, in June, police in Roseville, Minnesota, quickly located J&J Construction's missing, missing equipment trailer stolen, stolen from a worksite parked near the Washington County Courthouse, where the thief apparently had left it while he answered a court summons. WCCO-TV reported that the man was soon jailed on a separate charge. Recurring themes, folks. Cy Allen, arrested in March in Clochester, England, on suspicion of possessing drugs with intent to sell, relied on a fairly common strategy. As officers burst in the room, he swallowed the evidence. As in the other cases, police decided to wait for nature to take its course in order to recover the suspected drugs. Unlike in other cases, Allen managed to hold out with no bowel movement for 23 days, but not a 24th. He was arrested. And going back in time to 2010, in November 2010, after a fourth grade son was allegedly slapped by a teacher at Kansas City, Missouri Elementary School, son black, teacher white, Lisa Henry Bowen submitted a 40-page list of reparations she expects from President Obama and two dozen other officials, including $1.25 million in cash, $13,500 in Walmart gift cards, free college education, Disney World vacations, private tenants lessons, an African safari, her mortgage paid off, home remodeling, nine years of free medical and dental coverage, and a nine-year, quote, consulting contract with the school district at $15,000 a month. Anticipating criticism that she had taken it too far, she added that opponents can, 
original punctuation. Kiss my entire black rear end. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. That's six. I haven't begun to go far enough. And seven. Eight that time. One, two, three, four, eight. Eight, eight exclamation points. Wow. It's getting serious, folks. Serious business.
Steve says I need to do a review review. So we're going to do a review review. And Steve picked a really, really hard game for me to do a review review of. Um, obviously, Steve listens. We obey. Uh, let's see. Endless backtracking. But is it still a gem? Can I have a do-over, Steve? So, you know how this goes. Usually, generally. Usually, generally. Because uh, that's not redundant. I'll, I'll go and I'll find a game that either people hate and find a review that is just ridiculous about it. Or I'll find a game people love and find a review that is absolutely ridiculous. Or I'll find a game people love, Final Fantasy VII, for example, um, or even Majora's Mask. Kind of like a D-Defend thing, right? But this one's tough. I decided I wanted to do a Zelda game. I don't think I've done a review review of a Zelda game. And I thought, Link to the Past. Man, one of my favorite Zeldas. Not a big fan of the uh, third-person-y 3D Ocarina of Time style Zeldas much myself, but Link to the Past, that's a great game. So I thought, we'll see what's available over there. And the lowest number of review is a 7. And there's maybe... God, 20... There's maybe like 60 reviews. There are two sevens. Uh, We have a link to endless backtracking by Virgulent and a connection to a time beforehand, but is it still a gem? By Phoenix85044. So before I pick one, I want to see the credentials of these uh, people. Virgulent... Oh, DJ Virulent. Oh, that's his email address. Uh, contributed 10 codes to one game. That was Manhunt for the PC. And 27 reviews. King of Fighters 94. Castlevania the Adventure. Ari of Sorrow. Double Dragon Advance. X-Men for the Genesis. Genesis, excuse me. Dragon Warrior got a 2. Oh, I think I read that one. I think I read that one once. No wonder Nintendo had to give this game away. Dragon Warrior, 2 out of 10. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm positive I read that. Uh, meanwhile, Phoenix85044 has contributed three reviews. Final Fantasy VI Advance. Twilight Princess and Link to the Past. 7, 8, uh, 6, 7, and 8. Not respectively, but yeah. Top 10 most spectacular things you never really expected. Potential spoilers. What do you mean potential spoilers? You can't title it that and then say potential spoilers. Top 10 underappreciated soundtracks. That's from Phoenix. So I think, since we've done a review from Virulent, I think we'll do Phoenix's this time. So, here we go. The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. A review by Phoenix85044. A connection to a time beforehand, but is it still a gem? <clears throat> ah, the classic Zelda game, the game which all other Zelda games, even Ocarina of Time, or OOT, are compared to. It set the standard for so many things that 
truly created Hyrule as we know it. Still, as this game has aged, is it still the masterpiece, or is it just another game that in that new family gaming machine? More importantly, was it ever a masterpiece in the first place? Graphics. The game looks nice. Even now, compared to some of the games we saw on the GBA and even a few on the DS, the sprites are still smooth and detailed. Animation is slick, and it still has that magical feeling we all remember. The only complaint was the dull color palette, but that was due more to cartridge limitations than anything else. Wonderful. Even with the often complained about Fat Link. 9 out of 10. Sound and music. The bass is behind most all other Zelda games. Pretty much every game after has remixed some song from this game. The MIDI format, although old and dated, still sounds great. It may not be orchestrated, but we don't really need that, do we? 10 out of 10. Story. Back then, the story was alright. Go find these treasures and people in these dungeons, then go beat the crap out of one ugly pig. Nowadays, it's bad. We just expect more story-wise. No character development at all. Still, there's that one plot twist. I will grade this harshly, but the plot for this game has little to no bearing with the overall score. Besides, since when did we play Zelda games for the story? 2 out of 10. Controls. Very smooth and slick. 2D Zelda at its best, or close to the best. The handheld games certainly compete well in this category. Still excellent controls, quick movement, good hit detection, although the beginning of Link's Slash doesn't actually hit enemies, but you get used to that in two seconds. And responsiveness few games can match up to. Two only real beef is that swimming is pretty unnatural and unresponsive in comparison to walking. 9 out of 10. Inventory. It's huge. It's huge. Very much so. It does all the classics and then creates some of its own. Hookshot, ice fire magic, battle-oriented hammer, four bottles, flippers, power gauntlets. They all come from this game. And so much more. 10 out of 10. Dungeon design, and here's where I think people will start to not like my review. When this game first came out, the dungeons were pretty cool. They had small puzzles here and there and were mazes. Uh, that all seemed nice back then. Comparing it to current Zelda games, the dungeons barely muster up any dignity. The labyrinthine qualities that we all love got in LOZ got toned down in this game severely. Dungeons are much smaller and many times easier to navigate through. LOZ dungeons had us stuck in them for hours. This game's dungeons can barely hold even newer gamers for one. Then we have the puzzles. They're easy. Starting from Link's Awakening, Zelda games became much more puzzle-oriented. We saw masterpieces like Eagle's Tower, Forest Temple OOT, Stone Tower Temple, Jabu Jabu's Belly OOA, and so many others. Their puzzle motifs were wonderful, thoughtful, had us going in circles trying to figure out what to do. This game doesn't have that. We might light a few torches, push a block, lift a stone, but that's really all there is. Thus, with the combination of small and simplistic maze and terrible, terribly easy puzzles, the dungeons are nothing spe special and actually bad in retrospect. Of course, some dungeons are very good, such as Palace of Darkness and Ice Palace. Skull Woods definitely gets kudos for most innovative dungeon design ever, but nothing else stands out. Some dungeons, like Turtle Rock, are actually failures, being so linear with few puzzles and yet in place as one of the final dungeons. That's just a terrible way to finish a game. With bad dungeons. I cannot stress how much the dungeons are praised simply for being in the classic game. Just like the Shadow Temple and Fire Temple from OOT. 3 out of 10. Steve has left the building. Difficulty in enemies, a nice refreshing feel from the ridiculous easy games we have nowadays. Cough TP cough. It says, enemies move fairly swiftly, have contact damage, will attack you, and <gasps> can actually inflict more than half a heart of damage per hit, sometimes up to six hearts. Bosses aren't overly difficult, 
as most are gimmicks to use the dungeon items, but they can still bite you pretty hard if you're careless. Shakes fist at Moldrum and Blind. The game is still easy due to having four bottles, but it's good overall. 7 out of 10. Fun factor in replay, there are a few side quests, pick up the heart pieces which started in this game, find all the items in the inventory, upgrade everything, nothing all that time consuming but decent enough. The main game is mostly dungeons and as you've read, I don't like the dungeons. Still I was able to get past that part. Exploration in this game is very fun, combined with fun fighting of enemies, smooth controls and the giant inventory to make any enemy tremble in fear. This game is actually very very fun to play. For how much I've bashed this game, I sit down, I still sit periodically sit down to play it because it seems too addictive. Ultimately, I think this is why people still play this game. It's just so enjoyable. Still a few more side quests wouldn't hurt. 9 out of 10. Overall, graphics 9 out of 10, sound and music 10 out of 10, story 2 out of 10, controls 9 out of 10, inventory 10 out of 10, dungeon design 3 out of 10, difficulty and enemies 7 out of 10, fun factor and replay 9 out of 10. A straight average gives us roughly 7.4. Still, still, I feel that the most important aspects of a Zelda game are the controls, dungeons, and fun factor, as these are the very aspects which attracted so many people to the original Zelda. Averaging these three gives us exactly a 7 out of 10, which is my final score. Some readers may feel that this is a bit harsh for the classic, but I am naturally a harsh grader and expect much from all my games. Read my GCTP review. Still, a 7 out of 10 for such an old game is a very good score. Back when this game was released, I would probably have give it a 9 out of 10. Reviewer score, 7 out of 10, originally posted February 1st, 2007, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. A connection to a time beforehand, but is it still a gem? A review by Phoenix, 85044. So, let's review the review. First pair, well, first of all, overall, really. Uh, a lot of run-on sentences, I mean, you know, we're just reviewing things, but for the most part, fairly well written, a little weird, just a couple of strange uh, op- selections for wording and pacing and that, but, you know, mostly. All the classic Zelda game, the game which all of the Zelda games, even in Ocarina of Time, are compared to, set the standard for so many things that truly created how Zelda game's age, is it still a masterpiece, just another game in the new family gaming machine? More importantly, was it ever a masterpiece in the first place? So, the first paragraph, still as this game has aged, is it still the masterpiece, or is it just another game in that new family gaming machine? I don't know quite what that means. Because there's different tenses in that sentence? As this game has aged, which means that's past tense, the game has aged, is it another game in that new family gaming machine that's present tense? So this old game is for the new machine, I think? Uh, graphics, compared to some of the games on the GBA, a few on the DS, sprites are smooth and detailed, animation is slick. The only complaint was the dull color palette. I have never heard anybody complain about the color palette in this game being dull. I've heard people complain about the color palette being almost too cartoony, but like he mentions here, um, that was due more to cartridge limitations than anything else. That not even really cartridge limitations. A lot of the early SNES games were bright and colorful. Super Mario World was bright and colorful. Actraiser was bright and colorful. Pilot Wings pretty bright and colorful. Um, the Final Fantasy IV was really bright and colorful. Super Metroid had bold colors. They weren't super bright and cartoony, but they were still pretty bold colors. Um, 
when I think color palette on Link to the Past, I do not think dull. Even in the Dark World, which oddly enough, this review does not even mention. Because um, that was a new thing for this game. Had never been done before in a Zelda game. Uh, even even the darker color palette of the Dark World wasn't really that dull. You know, I, the only complaint I hear about color-wise in this game is, Why is Link's hair pink? Sound and music, old MIDI format, although old and dated still sounds great, may not be orchestrated, but we don't really need that, do we? I got no problems with that. Story, back then, the story was alright. Here's my problem with this review. Back then. Back then. Back then. You're not reviewing the game back then, you're reviewing the game today. So don't talk about it nostalgically when you review it. Yo, back then, oh, we loved this game, it was so great, the story was amazing. Uh, go there, beat the crap out of one ugly pig. Nowadays, it's bad. It's not that much different. You replace the pig with whoever. In Ocarina of Time, it was Ganondorf, which eventually became Ganon. Uh, who didn't see that one coming? And instead of traveling dimensions to the Dark World, you travel through time. There's a lot more hashing out of the plot. There's a lot more dialogue. There's a whole lot more talking in the newer games. Um, but plot's basically the same across the board, you know? Uh, we just expect more story-wise, no character development at all. There wasn't really a lot of character development linked to the past. Except for Sheik and that whole thing was stupid. That one plot twist, which we don't mention, I will grade this harshly, but the plot for this game has little no, to no bearing with the overall score. Since when did we play Zelda games for the story? Well, there's a couple problems with that. I will grade this harshly, but the plot for this game has little to no bearing with the overall score. No, plot has a lot to do with games, especially action-adventure games, when why are you on the adventure? How are you getting through the adventure? Who are the people you're going to meet and talk to on the adventure? You don't mention Zelda. You don't mention Sahasrala. You don't mention Aganim. You don't mention anybody. You hardly mention Link. And you mention one ugly pig. And that's it. I mean, it's not the plot that falls short. It's your description of the plot that is not super great. Since when did we play Zelda games for the story? Eh, I mean... Eh. Controls, 2D Zelda at its best or close to the best. Handheld games certainly can beat well in this category. Du -du 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 -du. Only real beef is swimming is pretty unnatural and unresponsive in comparison to walking. You know, like in real life. Inventory, it's huge. It's not that huge. Really, you got like, what's a 16 by 16 grid? Um, It's not that big. And, and most of the items you don't need. There's a lot of items you can skip. Uh, has all the classics and then creates some of its own hookshot, ice, fire, magic, battle, orient, and hammer, four bottles, flippers, power gauntlets, they all come from this game. Uh, first Zelda game had the fire rod. Second Zelda game had fire magic. Uh, four bottles, you got bottles in the first game. They weren't refillable, but you got bottles. Power gauntlets were power was the power bracelet in the first game and the second game. So not all of them came from this game. Them as we know them today came from this game. That's just me being nitpicky, but still, get it right. Dungeons! Uh, 
when this game first came out, the dungeons were pretty cool, and we're just gonna, you know... I'm gonna review a game that's almost 30 years old in present terms and compare it to present games, which you don't do that. Do not do that. Got toned down severely, the labyrinthine qualities. I, I don't think that's true. Dungeons are much smaller and many easier times to navigate through. The dungeons in this game were not terribly big, to be sure, but they are also not terribly small. I mean, the Tower of Hera is a big dungeon. It's supposed to be a big dungeon. Blind's Fortress, Blind's Hideout, fairly big dungeon. Um, Palace of Darkness was really good. Um, I, I can't think of a really a bad dungeon. You know what I mean? They, none of them particularly stand out in my mind, but I can't think of one I just never wanted to go to because it was boring. You know what I mean? <laughs> Starting from Link's Awakening, Zelda games became much more puzzle-oriented. We saw masterpieces like Eagle's Tower, the Forest Temple OOT, Stone Tower Temple, Jabu Jabu's Belly, OOA. I don't know what OOA is. Maybe you meant OOT? But that's, you know, that's four fingers apart on your keyboard. So I don't know. Um... Puzzle motifs were wonderful, thoughtful, had us going in circles trying to figure out what to do. You know, the first time you played Link to the Past, you probably went through the same thing. So if you're gonna, you know, back then they were so great, and today they're so bad. Well, you've played the game a million times, buddy. You can't, you know. You know what I mean? We might light a few torches, push a block, lift a stone, but that's all there really is. There's not much more to that in most of the other games. Again, it's the modern equivalent of the previous thing. You, you, never mind. Uh, some dungeons are very good. Some dungeons like Turtle Rock are actually failures being so linear with few puzzles. Turtle Rock was just a big damned maze that you had to have an item to progress through because you had to have those platforms. Uh, that's That was the gimmick in that dungeon, you know? Um... Cannot stress how much the dungeons are praised simply for being in the classic game, just like the Shadow Temple and Fire Temple from Ocarina of Time. I I didn't mind the Fire Temple, really. Um, but I don't think anybody says, oh, yep, dungeons are great just because it's an old game. Uh, nice, refreshing feel from all the ridiculously easy games we have. Difficulty in enemies, by the way. Bosses aren't overly difficult. They can still bite you pretty hard if you're careless. I don't blind. I don't know who Moldrum, Moldorm is. Game is still easy due to having four bottles. You don't have to have those. You know, you cannot take the bottles. Few side quests, pick up heart pieces, find the items, upgrade. Again, mostly dungeons. As you read, I don't like the dungeons. Exploration of this game is very fun. Come out with fun fighting a minute. Smooth controls, giant inventory. I still don't get why the inventory is so huge. Um, to do, to do. I mean, like, Ocarina of Time had a way bigger inventory, and if you're comparing this game to other games, why, why aren't you consistent with it? Periodically sit down and play it because it seems too addictive. I think so, maybe is the word you're going for? Ultimately, I think this is why people still play the game. It's just so enjoyable. Still, a few more side quests wouldn't hurt. I don't know. I. It's not... I mean, it's not a bad review. I mean, really. We had 7 out of 10 to work with for our lowest score. Um... I guess my my big issue with this review is like, well, it's a classic game, so people love it just because it's a classic game. Well, no, I mean you said right there, it's it's enjoyable. 
it's addictive because it's enjoyable. I can sit down, I can finish this game in a day, no problem, if I just sit down and play it. And I will have fun doing it because it's a great game. I mean, he's right on so many points that it is such a good, solid game. But the points that he disagrees with it on are so weird. Like, 2 out of 10 for the story. But the story is essentially the same in every Zelda game. Just like it's essentially the same in almost every Mario game. And essentially the same in every Mega Man game and every Final Fantasy game. It's basically the same story. You just swap people in and out and maybe you add a chapter about, you know, this or that and the other. Link to the Past brought us more into we gotta get the pendants and you get the pendants and that lets you do this and there's a little you gotta figure out like the pendant of courage had its own kind of thing the pendant of wisdom had its own kind of thing and and the dungeons kind of reflected each of those and there was the crystals and the maidens some things did not get explained well enough but you went through it thinking well I've gotta stop this again him guy cause he's a bad man and he wants to do bad things yeah, I gotta do what I gotta do. But to get to him, I gotta have the Master Sword, and that means I gotta do this, and I gotta do this, and I gotta pass these three trials, essentially. Which, basically, is triforce kind of stuff, right? You swapped out Triforce pieces for pendants. Then you get the Master Sword, and you think, alright, I'm gonna go fight this wizard, and it's gonna be game over. And you bust in, and you say, oh no, I'm too late, they got Zelda! I will get you, wizard, and then the wizard's like, fooled you, buddy, I will send you to the dark world. And then the game expands so much more after that. And then you've got, you're starting to learn more about the golden realm and the dark world and Ganon's being Ganon and just all of that other stuff. There are things we still don't know, right, about what goes on in that game. Like, at the very beginning... Your uncle's dying. Zelda is your... Uh, the old man in the mountains. Oh, I had a granddaughter who went to the castle. You know, it just mentions it in passing. Like, but who was it? I want to know. Unanswered things. I mean, it, it's not just text dumpy level stuff like, uh, God, that damned owl in, in the other games. I could do without that guy for the rest of my life. Or stupid, stupid, long, drawn-out, cutscene-y stuff like Final Fantasy VII, where it's just, we're going to just talk for an hour about things that happened 9,000 years ago that have very, very little bearing on anything that's going on today. We're trying to make it appear that we have character development, but we really don't. Um, so I don't, I don't get... And, and then, the plot for the game has little to no bearing with the overall score... But you still scored it, and you still counted it in your score, and when you do an average, everything you score has equal bearing. You know what I'm saying? And then dungeon design, I'm, I'm, what do you want? Do you want, like, the forest temple in Link to the Past? I don't, you can't do that. And again, you're, 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 like, you're taking n newer games and trying to compare older games to it when they you can't do that. I mean, you just can't say, well, you know, Super Mario Brothers sucks because Super Mario Galaxy. You just can't do that. And then I 
that is probably my biggest complaint when it comes to reading reviews. The well, you know, it would be so much better if they would only have, you know, had Yoshi in Super Mario Brothers 2 instead of the princess, because then Yoshi could have done his little kick that he could have just eaten the enemies. It would have been so much better. But you don't. You can't. It doesn't work like that. I'm sorry. You can't compare this game to games that came out after this game in the same series and and have, I think, a legitimate review. I just don't think so. But again, like every other thing, I agree with him on. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, trying to be nitpicky here. It was like, he just didn't like the dungeons because he breezed through the game. It's not an overly difficult game. I'd be interested to know the first time Phoenix85044 played the game. Because it came out in 92. I think I got it in 92 or 93. And I remember finishing the game, 100%ing this game, without... I mean, we didn't have internet, we didn't have game facts, I didn't have a player's guide for it. I didn't have any of that. Um, and I 100%ed it. And it took me forever. But I still was able to do it. It's not the hardest game in the world, but it is not a cakewalk the first couple times you play it by any means. Like I said, now, no big deal. I get through that game one sitting, no deaths, 100%, no problem. That's not a big deal. Um, it, It's just a, it's a good, solid game, and I, I wish I could have found a review that treated it worse, but... Two for plot and three for dungeons. I think that's pretty ridiculous.
that's going to do it for this week's podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and whatever you identify as. That's totally fine. Steve's are welcome here. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. Steve hopes you enjoyed. Right, Steve? Right. Um, we'll see you again next week. Uh, please remember, you can email the show. Check stuff out over the forums and the website. Uh, you can get a playlist of the music featured in today's episode, which uh, being from uh, Final Fantasy 1 this week. Uh, you can go and see what we got there and links and all of that other good stuff in the podcast section of the forums. Well, thank you very much again. I will talk to you later. Bye now. <laughs>